0: What happens when a man with unlimited money hates hot air balloons? The answer may surprise you. You're like, I'm assuming he just uh, talked to the government and made him ban balloons. Well, who knows? Who knows if that's what happened? It will surprise you if that isn't your guess. And then we enter the home of a young family. Full of love, full of life. But also full of fear. Is it possible that this house may be haunted not by a demonic entity, but something far more disturbing? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We only I just realized this yesterday. We only have two weeks left of season 23. I do 50 episodes, and then I take a two-week break. So we got two weeks left of new episodes, and then we'll be running the Retro Rabbits. Maybe get some Dead Rabbit Radio classics sprinkled in there. I also have... Some surprising news for you, but before we get to that, someone who's always surprising, even when he says that he's coming, <laughs> <laughs> not like that, not like that. I'm still stuck on yesterday's story. Running into Dead Rabbit Radio Command right now, everyone get on your feet and give it up for Hunter McCarthy. Woohoo! Yeah, wee! <laughs> come on in, buddy. Come on in. Hunter McCarthy donated during the Thanksgiving live stream. Don't, don't, don't bother looking at your calendars. I know it was a while ago. Hunter donated during the Thanksgiving live stream. Really, really appreciate that. That's why today you're going to be our captain, our pilot. This episode, if you guys can't support the show financially, I totally understand. I really, really do. I do. Just helps spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. Really do appreciate it. The, the, the news that I have is I am once again a speaker at the Oregon Ghost Conference that will be in Seaside, Oregon, March 22nd through the 24th. I will be giving a speech on that Saturday, March 23rd. What did I name the speech? I sent it off. I think the speech is called, Can Ghosts Tell Time and Other Perplexing Questions? And it's a lot of those. It's some ghost stories that we've covered on the show some new ones as well, where it makes us ask the question, do ghosts sleep? Do they dream? How do they process new memories? Can they learn? It's all those questions I love talking about, the paranormal. I'm going to be doing a presentation on that live, so if you can make it out to Seaside, Oregon, that would be great. Uh, My speech is the 23rd, but the whole conference, and I'll be there for the whole conference. I'll have a table and all of that, but March 22nd through the 24th in Seaside, Oregon, 2024. Be there and be scared. <laughs> I came up with that, that slogan last year. I can't say it enough. Hunter, let's go ahead and toss you the... Hmm, what do we want to do? Hunter, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. Let's jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Radio Command. Why don't you glide oh. us all the way... Th- no, 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 no. Actually, because this fits the... Topic more. Hunter, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. Everyone climb on board this big bunny blimp. Hunter, take us out of Dead Rabbit Radio Command. We're going to fly all the way down to California. <laughs> big dirgeable Line us through the skies, the sunny, sunny skies of California. I got to give a shout out to Horse Boyo. Patreon supporter, Horse Boyo, member of the Patreon Discord. They sent me this story a while back. It's been a while since they sent it to me. Probably don't. I was like, what? I don't remember recommending this story. Thanks for sending it over. It's definitely an interesting one. Every so often, I come across a story that I think... This could possibly get me sued. Or other bad things. Um. So, let's go. Let's dive right into this one. Who knows if this will just go completely under the radar, completely under the balloon-dar of the people involved, I will say everything that I'm saying is alleged, right? Everything, even this phrase, is alleged. It's allegedly saying this. Let's take a look at this story, and you'll see what I mean at the end, Your Honor, as I'm currently being sued while I'm recording this episode. Let's take a look at this. So the year is 1999. We're in Indio... California that's in the Coachella Valley we're in Indio and it's an early winter morning I'm all in my big giant puffy jacket with a nice cup of cocoa (laughs) you didn't dress like that you didn't dress for the winter when listening to this episode it's a California winter though so it's what like 70 degrees you'll be fine we're drinking some hot cocoa and all of a sudden we see like all these nerds driving up we're just kind of in this field, and all these nerds, and like this dad's getting out of his car. Come on, kids, it's almost time. And the kids, they're like, "Daddy, Daddy, I hope we're not late." And then like another like truck pulls up. Uh, what's the opposite of a frat boy? It's them. It's a bunch of anti-frats jumping out of a car, and we're like, "Oh man, you were hoping this was a Coachella story. We're in the Coachella Valley. We thought maybe there'd be like." burning man or some sort of like post-apocalyptic concert going on no it's a bunch of nerds families mostly little kids they probably don't have access to television when it's on it's tuned into something lame like pbs we're the coolest people for miles around because we're actually here to watch the annual balloon festival you can hear the excitement in my voice i'm like i'm wearing a blindfold as i'm telling this story i don't want to look at balloons at all this is an annual tradition in the Coachella Valley where people show up and, like, a ton of hot air balloons. This is an annual thing, so it's not like there's just two. There's just, like, so many hot air balloons in the sky. And you I guess you just kind of sit there. It, imagine an air show, but take away all of the speed, all of the noise... All of the fun. (laughs) And then you got a hot air balloon festival. All you're doing is watching them go up in the air and then, like, land somewhere else. And you're like, clapping, yay. Well, there is a guy. This is where we get into the alleged thing because we know that there are facts behind this story, but I have a personal theory about this. There's a guy watching nearby, and he's just, like, punching his fist into his hand and he's drawing a picture of a hot air balloon on the palm of his other hand and he's punching it over and over again he hates hot air balloons he despises them so much even knowing that they exist fills him (laughs) fills him much like the hot air fills a balloon fills him with such rage he wants to destroy the hot air balloon industry and he's sitting there. He has all these diagrams. He's drawn like a 50-foot-long needle. He's like, that'll never work. And then he like has these diagrams. It's a catapult. Drawing of a schematic of a catapult. And the catapult's like throwing a bunch of tacks. And he has drawn a little hot air balloon exploding in midair. He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if that'll work. <laughs> I'll test it out. I'll test it out tomorrow. And find out how many people I can kill with my homemade catapult. And he's walking around his lair. He's like, if only there was a way that I could destroy hot air balloons, because I hate them. They're super lame. And this man, allegedly, <laughs> right? Now, allegedly, Your Honor, this man has a name, John Morelli. Now, I don't know if he actually hated hot air balloons. I don't know if he actually plotted a mass murder let me back up. I'm sure that he didn't blot any sort of mass murder attempts. But I did all this research about the hot air balloon festival in Coachella. And I looked into John Morelli. And I think that he just hates hot air balloons. Because nothing else really makes sense. But I'll, I'll let you be the judge. Judge. During this trial. What happens is also in the Coachella area, there's a place called the Oasis Ranch. And this is owned by JCM Farming, or allegedly owned, because I would see articles say different things. JCM Farming is a company that was set up by John and Carol Morelli, so husband and wife, and then their daughter is a part of it as well, Mary Lena. And they have this place called Oasis Ranch. It's 24 acres of private property. That's not unusual by any means but 24 acres and in those 24 acres are planted thousands of olive trees so i think like 24 acres squared but anyways thousands of olive trees it's surrounded by a 24 foot high wall That's a little excessive right i i I think 12 feet's gonna keep most people out it's a 24 foot high wall that's four feet thick it has a partial moat which i didn't i guess that's probably where they kind of like only did it halfway maybe it's only half full of water (laughs) maybe it'll just get your shoes wet you're like oh invasion's called off guys my socks are wet not deep enough moat it's a partial moat and it's patrolled by both armed guards and guard dogs So you're like, w- w- what is this place? Like, yeah, it could probably be, like, I'm sure a celebrity. I'm sure, like, Olivia Rodrigo has a couple armed guards at her house. Doubt she has a moat. Um, who, who is this just, like, these rich people live here? No, this is super interesting because this... Nobody lives here, as far as I can tell. It's actually a place you can rent. Probably not you couldn't. I couldn't. A place where the secret, powerful, elite people in the world can rent as a private event center or a meeting center where no one's going to bug you. That's what the Oasis Ranch was kind of built for. It's a place where business leaders and international movers and shakers can rent out as a neutral ground place to meet. If I want to do a business deal and I don't want everyone up in my business, I'll say, hey, I got this place. It's called the Olive. I rented this place out in California called the Oasis Ranch. Let's go out there and we'll hash this deal out. I understand having a location like this to facilitate those type of meetings. And it's funny because I also understand the idea that once this place was built, JCM Farming wanted to ban all hot air balloons in the area. The way that they looked at it was, how can I have a private meeting group, how can I have a facility that people are coming from all over the world for private meetings, and there are hot air balloons flying right over my building? That just, I can't have that. Because that's the opposite of private. The place where Oasis was built, the Oasis Ranch, is right dab in the middle of prime hot air balloon territory. And so what happens is, that all started back in 1999 when the Oasis Ranch was built. Fast forward to the year 2007, to make a long story short, what happens is, JCM Farming begins to send out, this start in 2007, started sending out these cease and desist letters to these balloon companies. These balloonist boys who had always had this area on lock all of a sudden get a piece of paper saying, you got to stop flying your hot air balloon over the area because it's invading my privacy. And it's also a little harassing. I want to sit back and look at the beautiful blue sky, but instead I see nothing but ugly wicker baskets and local ruffians piloting these so-called balloons over my property with a bunch of yokels leaning over. Hey, look, Martha. Look at them having a business meeting down there. Yuck, yuck. You can't fly your balloons over my property anymore. Also, my property is massive. With thousands of olive trees. You can't fly your balloons over. He began suing them for harassment and invasion of privacy. Because their balloons were flying over his property. Now, you're going to go where the wind goes. There's not much piloting with the balloons. But he's saying you can't have them over here. He began suing them. By the year 2011, 13 of the 15 balloonist companies that operated in this area have been forced out of business. They just can't keep up with the legal fees. Two companies stand their ground, and we're like, we're not going to let this guy intimidate us. They end up, during this lawsuit, their lawyers say, hey, listen, this guy says we're invading his privacy on this property, this Olive Ranch or Destiny Ranch or whatever he calls it. The lawyer's being super dismissive. He's like, what? Only a partial mode, your honor. That should tell you how much he loves that property. If he says that my clients are invading his privacy so much, I think we should have a look around the compound. We should be able to go there. I mean, for all we know, from a hot air balloonist angle, you may not even see through the front window. And the judge goes, actually, that's a reasonable ask. If you're claiming that it's harassing to have these balloons overhead and you're claiming it's an invasion of privacy, yeah, yeah, I will allow that. You guys, the defendants, can get a inspection of Oasis Ranch. JCM Farming dropped the lawsuit. They said, nope, that's okay, no inspection, we're actually going to... Stop pursuing legal challenges against these two hot air balloon companies. Everyone else had been forced out of business at this point because the legal fees kept rising and they couldn't afford them. They declared bankruptcy. Maybe they moved away as well, took their hot air balloon and flew off into the setting sun. These two companies finally did not necessarily win the lawsuit, but get it stopped. They could continue flying their hot air balloons in the area. But at least one of them just left. Even after a lawsuit, they left. They ended up going 28 miles northwest to Cathedral City. And the last one, I don't know if it's still even in operation. So JCM Farming got what they wanted. They definitely got less balloons. And I think in the end, pretty much no balloons. Because the way people talk about it now, people are like, hey, whatever happened to all those hot air balloons? And don't say anything. You might find yourself drowned in a partial moat. I My personal theory, because here's the thing. I don't think JCM Farming is a bunch of dummies. They could have bought property anywhere in that valley and not have to worry about any of these hot air balloon situations in the first place. They were in prime hot air balloon alley. My personal theory, put on a conspiracy caps, I have zero proof of this. I think that John... I still get sued if I mispronounce his last name. I think John Marielli hated hot air balloons. He hated them. I think he hated hot air balloons. I think this whole thing was how much he hated hot air balloons. (laughs) Zero proof for any of this. But hear me out. He could have placed this building anywhere. Very, very successful company. Could have put it anywhere. I think he hated hot air balloons. And he would look out... And he would see all these hot air balloons. And he'd be like, well, how can I destroy them? I could build this giant needle. But that'd be too obvious. Plus, I wouldn't need a giant. He's like, okay, I have 50 foot long needle. Step two, huh? What? Breed a giant. He could, you know, attack them. He could disguise himself as a wicker basket. He's all like... Hanging onto the ropes, people are standing on his stomach. He's like, "Ah, oh, ah, oh. the needle was a better idea than this." And then he could fly up. <laughs> Imagine how shocked you would be if you were a thousand feet off the ground, and you look down, and you realize this whole time you were standing on a man dressed as a wicker basket. He has a big smile on his face because he's going to. Let go of it. You're like, Jason, he'll die too. No, you don't let me finish. He has like his feet looped up and his arms and he's disguised as a wicker basket and then he undoes his feet from the hooks so he like flops open and everyone falls to their (laughs) death. When of course people would be like, oh my God, look at that tragedy. They look up, there's a wicker man hanging from the balloon And then it would land. (laughs) His legs are all broken. He's like, ah, the perfect crime. No one will suspect me. As he crash lands into the dirt. And then he like hobbles away. And people are like, what happened? All we have are these dead bodies. He could sabotage the hot air balloon industry. But he would have to do it balloon by balloon. Or he could build a piece of property in the middle of a hot air balloon country and sue them all to oblivion. That's kind of what I think happened. I've no proof that John Morelli hates hot air balloons with a burning passion, not unlike the fuel being burned to lift them aloft into the sky. I don't have any proof, it's just a hunch. Cuz I if I was afraid of I mean nobody's flying hot air balloons over Bohemian Grove. There's a lot of places you can go that's not in the <laughs> doesn't have an annual hot air balloon day. I think he bought this place on purpose. He was like looking at hot air balloons all over the world. And his business associates are like, John, John, you've been at this for weeks now. We have these other things to do. We have these business contracts. Look at this. And he's like knocking all the business contracts off the ground. He goes, this is the only thing that's important today, Johnson. I need to know where there are the most hot air balloons. (laughs) Imagine if your boss went this nuts. You're like, oh, you're wearing a Jiffy Loop. You're like, hey, uh, can we uh, get some more oil on the order form? He's like, silence. Where are the most hot air balloons per capita anywhere in the world? That's where our next business venture is going to be. The question is, why did they do it? Was it truly because they were afraid of invasion of privacy? Or... It's all down to one man who hated balloons so much. He would do whatever it took to destroy them. He always wanted to be a (laughs) balloon. Now I'm just going to start piling on the alleged stuff. As a little boy, he always wanted to be a balloon. He saw the balloon fly up into the sky and he goes, Mommy, why me no balloon? His mom's like, what? John, you're an idiot. He goes, oh, I just want to be full of air and float away. The freedom, the freedom of the float. Here I am on Earth. Just a little man. He's all sad. He's all walking down the street. I think he just hates balloons. I think it's a man who just hates balloons. But who knows? Maybe I'm just full of hot air. Hunter, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the world-famous Carpenter copter. We're going to leave behind... Hot air balloon country. Well, it's not now. Now it's all JCM Farming. That's where you're at now, baby. Walking down the street, you see an olive tree. You better bow down to the king. JCM. We're leaving behind JCM Farming, taking over this part of California. Fly us all the way out to a house in Anywhere USA. We're headed out to this house in the middle of Anywhere USA. We don't know the exact location of this place or the names of the people involved, but we're going to go ahead and call this first guy Mike. That'll be the name we give him. 2023 is when this story starts. Mike finds himself occasionally waking up in the middle of the night, and he'd look out into the darkness of his room. And while it would be empty... While there would be no one standing there in any of the corners, he often felt like somebody was watching him. Mike's a young father, and he said that sometimes he'd wake up. He did this a lot, actually. He'd wake up and he'd check on his kids. He'd want to make sure everything was okay. And he'd go and, you know, open the door all quietly and stuff, and he'd see one of his kids sleeping there, holding a little Paw Patrol or Bubble Guppy or whatever stuffy. And he'd sit there and he'd go, yeah, yeah, she's okay. She's okay, Mike. <laughs> He's all talking out loud. He's like, yep, another child safe in the middle of the night. Kids all waking up, ah. And he does this sometimes when he wakes up in the middle of the night and he feels like somebody's watching him. He'll think, did one of my kids like get up out of bed? Is one of my kids in the bedroom now? They have a scary nightmare or something like that. So he'd look around. He wouldn't see any of his kids. He would then go and check in on them. Just to be sure. He just keeps getting this weird feeling from time to time that someone's watching him in the bedroom. But there would be nobody there. And he goes, I have a son who gets scared often. A bit of a bit of a scaredy cat. And sometimes he'll be sleeping in the bedroom and he can't sleep because he's too scared. Sleeping in his bedroom. Sometimes he'll be sleeping in his bedroom and he can't sleep. He'll actually come out to the living room and sleep on the couch and watch television and fall asleep. I used to do that all the time. The second, when I was a little kid, when we got cable, when we had Disney Channel, if I couldn't sleep, I'd walk downstairs, turn on the television, and sleep on the couch. I've probably slept more on a couch than a bed in all the years of my life If you put them together. And generally, you know, that you'd wake up, as a parent and you'd see the glow of the television set at like four or five in the morning, and you would know that was your son. Let's call him Joey. You know, that was a little Joey and you'd go and shut the television off. He'd still be dead asleep until it's time to wake up. there's a normal routine in this house. Well, one night Mike is laying in bed and he wakes up as he has done many times recently. He's facing the wall. Like he's laying in his bed facing the wall. And he can clearly tell somebody is watching him. He 100%. It's even stronger than before this time. He feels the presence of somebody else in the room. Again immediately just figures it's one of his kids. So he rolls over. And he sees. Standing in the open doorway. The bedroom door is open. He can see, standing there in the doorway, is his son. He can see the blue light from the television set coming down the hallway. It's that that kind of that bluish glow coming down the hallway and illuminating the outline of his son standing in the doorway. he's just standing there, and he's kind of smiling. And Mike goes, hey, buddy, you okay? You having a nightmare? Like, what's going on? What's going on, bud? But his son is just standing there perfectly still. Mike realizes, you know, like, he could be sleepwalking. Like, he's not reacting to what I'm saying. He's just kind of standing there smiling. So Mike goes to get out of bed to go, you know, See, see, he's a little concerned at this point. And when Mike begins, before his feet are even on the ground, as he's beginning to get out of bed, his son dips out. He goes, he ran so fast out of view. Okay, some, my, I don't know if my son's playing a game. I don't know if Joey's just being a big goofball or what. Fine. Mike gets out of bed and walks down the hallway, and sure enough, he sees the blue glow of the television set is on. He knows his son is awake. He's been out here. He walks up, and his son is asleep on the couch. Joey's asleep on the couch. Dead asleep. Like a deep, deep sleep. And Mike's standing there, and he's kind of looking around the living room, and he's thinking, okay, well then... Joey must be playing some sort of practical joke. I mean, it's one thing that we allow him to, you know, sleep in the living room with television on. He can't be like joking, running around the house late at night. But he's also in the back of his mind, he's thinking, Joey's deep asleep. Like, I've seen this boy sleep a million times before. And so he starts to, this is when I think the first ideas kind of pop in Mike's head that maybe this wasn't his son who was standing in that doorway. Because Mike goes, he didn't wake his son up. He goes, I actually checked to see if he was asleep. Because he was starting to think like, was that my son in the doorway? And he goes, I checked to see if my son was asleep. if He was just pulling some prank. He doesn't say how he checked. I imagine, I don't know, maybe like, Joey, Joey, and you kind of like shake him by the shoulder and you could tell, is he faking sleep? Because you don't want to just wake him up, then you wouldn't know for sure. You wouldn't know if he was lying the whole time. But he tested him to make sure he was asleep, and then he goes, Wow, no, Joey's actually asleep. Which would mean that he did not run down the hallway and pretend to be asleep. He's actually asleep right now, which means he wasn't standing in my doorway. So who was standing in my doorway? Who has been in my room these past few weeks or months? That is causing me every so often to think somebody's watching me. Because I clearly saw that. Now, if this was the first time he encountered this, he might have thought I had a waking dream or something like that. But remember, we've had this buildup. He's been having this waking up in the middle of the night thinking somebody's watching him. This is something that's been going on for a while. And now he sees it. And he saw his son. But he didn't see his son. He saw a boy. He saw a young boy with blonde hair smiling at him while standing in the doorway of the bedroom he shares with his wife. And Mike can really only come to one conclusion. And it is something he has never, ever wanted to think about. Mike says... Me and my wife, when she was pregnant for our first child, it was a boy. And then she suffered a miscarriage. And I wonder if that's who I saw standing in that doorway. The age would have been right. He looked as old as our son would have been if my wife had carried him full term. Is the entity in our house right now actually the soul of our dead son who never even had a chance at life to begin with? He ends his post, he said, uh, quote, nothing like this has happened since. So it seemed to be building up this. This all happened last year, this buildup of feeling like someone's watching him and then seeing the boy. He goes, nothing like this has happened since. He goes, I just can't help shaking the feeling that it actually was our son. I cannot get that idea out of my head that that was actually our boy. And he says, I feel so broken now. It's a tricky situation. I mean, obviously, it could be a lot of different things going on here. First off, this was posted online by someone going by the name Coder Stroder 9000. They posted this online. It's a super tricky situation because we have so many things. First off, it could be something imperfect. First off, he didn't get a clear look. He said this thing had blonde hair and was smiling at me it was a boy it was a young boy um it wouldn't be a leap of logic though to think that it could be your firstborn could be a bunch of things could be a demonic entity pretending to be that but you would assume that it would carry on phase two i say this all the time demons tend to have a a plan of action it's it's not like a ghost which can seem to be random events demon usually has a task something they're doing i think it's interesting because it makes us look at the question and this is a question that you know obviously people can feel very strongly about when does the human soul inhabit a fetus at what point does that happen if she was carrying... We don't know when the miscarriage took place. It's absolutely tragic. I'm not going to pester them for dates and times of something like this. But, you know, like at what point? Three months along? Nine months along? When does that soul enter the body? Because you would need a soul to haunt. So, the interesting question as far as that goes. The aging of the ghost. We have come across stories like that. Ghosts sometimes get older. And sometimes don't. So it's again, one of the really interesting things. Obviously, if you go to, you know, some haunted castle in Edinburgh, you're walking around England, and you see a ghost of a guard standing there. He's not Skeletor. As cool as that would be, he looks like he would have when he was still alive. We did that story recently about the ghost of Roman soldiers in Britain. They didn't look like they were 1,500-year-old men. They looked like they were Roman soldiers of the time. Very rarely do ghosts age, but we do see it from time to time. I think we covered one or two episodes. I'll put those in the show notes of that. That would be the case here. Like he would be aging along with his other kids. It wasn't a floating fetus in the doorway. It was, let's say, I don't know how old his kids are, but let's say eight, nine, ten years old. That's how old the ghost looked. And he died. He was miscarried say, 10 years ago. So it wouldn't match up as far as that goes. Lots of interesting paranormal questions in this story. But you also have to look at... I mean, this would really, really throw a parent for a loop. You know what I mean? (sighs) I mean, talk about heavy. Talk about heavy stuff a child who you were never even able to hug, not even for a minute, a child that you could never say I love you to, is still with you. And on the one hand, you could say, well, that's great. But, I mean, it's just, <laughs> as you guys are like sobbing, mean, you're like "Jason, stuff. This is the saddest story. You're so detached from it. I, I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you could go, well, yeah, we lost our child, honey, and that sucked, but look at, he's right over here. and you, You're, like, pointing at a corner of an empty room. Would that be comforting to think that you have a ghost child that's been following you around all these years? I don't know if it would be comforting. I think you would start to think, oh, I never gave him a birthday. Well, obviously you didn't give him a birthday because you would look nuts. You're like you turn one year old today, baby, and you have like a little like like birthday setup for a dead kid. Blow out the candles. Oh yeah, look at that. You're all like rubbing the hair of something invisible. Would you want if your kid died, if your kid died, would you want them floating around you as a ghost? but I think the question we really need to end up on is, let's assume this was the the ghost of his son. Let's assume this all kid was born or was miscarried, and let's assume that this child died 10 years ago, so now he's a 10-year-old boy appearing in this room, and he felt something, was watching him all this time. Again, not for 10 years, just fairly recently, and then he sees his his son, his dead son, standing in the doorway, You would have to ask, why did it take 10 years for him to manifest? Did it take that long for him to be able to gather that much energy to take that form? That would make sense in ghost lore. There usually is a time span between the initial death and the ghost showing up. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Most of the time it's not. But imagine Mike's, you know, he used the word broken to describe himself Ten years ago, him and his wife lost their first child while she was still pregnant with him. And now fast forward to the moment when he sees that child, possibly, right? We don't know for sure, but he sees that child now, as that child would have aged, normally sees the soul of that boy standing in his doorway. You have to realize he's never going to forget that. Mike is never going to forget that. And Mike is only going to want more, as I think any parent would. This little boy appearing before his father may have been hoping to give him some sort of peace and some sort of knowledge of the afterlife that, yes, even though I died before I was even born, I am here and there is life after death, and we will be together again. And that might have been the message the boy was trying to convey, but what, in all practical terms, he told Mike was, you can never truly rest again. Every time you lay down and close your eyes, you may be wasting another moment to see me. I will appear at night, like I have in the past, And I think for any parent, if they could sacrifice any level of comfort just to see one of their children again, one of their children who have passed on, there was even the most remote chance that on any given night you could see them standing in your bedroom, you would refuse to sleep. I think if anything, this did more harm than good. If you, people always say, if if I could just have one more chance, if I could just have one more hug with that person, I would give up everything. Mike, I mean, a lot of times I believe when people say that, but it's so hypothetical. In this case, it's possibly true. Would you feel comfortable going back to sleep knowing at any time this little guy that you were never able to show love to in the real world, you were never able to hug you were, never able, <clears throat> you were never able to look into their eyes and say, Daddy loves you. Do you think that you could sleep again knowing at any moment that lost child could just randomly appear in your bedroom? This This ghost may have been trying to give Mike a little bit of peace, but if anything, he has broken Mike's world to pieces. interesting ghost story, and it's still it's unraveling as we speak. All of these events just happened in the middle of last year. we're in january twenty twenty four He says nothing's happened since the spirit of a dead child reappearing in front of one of his parents that can upend an entire family But this is an ongoing story, and who knows if we'll ever know the conclusion to it but even though it could spell disaster emotional chaos for the family i'm sure those parents would give anything to see that boy one more time even if it means giving up getting just a second of sleep they would easily trade all of that to look into their child's eyes and tell him how much they love him DeadRabbitRadio@gmail.com at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day, guys.